Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, October 8th, 2019, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. We tried to do this show last week, but Blog Talk system crashed and none of us could get in, so we're really glad that our guest was able to join us again tonight. Rachel Simone is the Starseed energy healer behind Intuitive Harmony Medicine. She started seeing energy and sensing spirits at a young age and has been determined to strengthen her abilities ever since. She uses her abilities to connect with the energy of the earth, the universe, and its inhabitants in order to bring healing. She is an intuitive reader, herbalist, crystal healer who loves helping other star seeds and energetically sensitive people bring wellness into their lives. Her intuitive readings bring clarity, hope, and comfort to people who are looking to grow spiritually and people who are stuck in life. The readings help shed light on unclear areas of life to help gain a deeper understanding of the soul. She loves sharing information about soul gifts, life lessons, and shadow work, and divine purpose. IntuitiveHarmonyMedicine.com is full of free resources such as downloadable classes, guided meditations, and informative videos for people who are both healers and people who want to be healed. She used to struggle with depression and a myriad of health issues, and this eventually led her to receive training in clinical herbal medicine, massage, and crystal healing. She's passionate about helping others take care of themselves because she, because she knows that life without severe depression or even just overwhelming stress is possible. And you can check out her website, which is intuitiveharmonymedicine.com. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to starseeds not hear, heard in the mainstream. And we'd like to thank Jada and Fiona for hosting the switchboard tonight for those who may have a question or comment for our guest. We have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds thanks to Tammy's helpful dedication. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk Radio. And if you'd like to show your support of our program, please just click follow on our page here, and you'll get our weekly show notices if you enable those. Our main website is starseedhotline.com. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. And due to a continuing flood of requests for readings, there is now up to a 16-week wait for the Stage 1s, and Lavendar, I believe, is booking February now, and asks that her repeat clients book at least six months ahead, if not more, especially for solar returns. Because every time someone with a YouTube following recommends us, our waiting lists grow, and so your understanding is greatly appreciated. If you have a birthday coming up, don't miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing, and that only takes a few days. It's 
just the chart and the timing. But if you want the stage two interpretation of that chart, you'll need to order it at least six months ahead of time to make sure you get it in before your 10 hours because our waiting lists are overflowing. But this is a wonderful thing, though, because it shows an ever-increasing number of star seeds waking up and joining a much larger community of light that covers the globe. So first up tonight, I want to introduce Anastasia with her wonderful, fascinating, incredible Starseed News. <laughs> oh, thank you for the accolades, Ariel. It's great to be with everybody tonight. I hope that I'm legible, that you can that you can understand me anyway, because I have yep. hay fever. <laughs> so I'll do my best. Yeah. Well, season. we have, <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, the question right now is, have we had a summer without sunspots? They are saying that the northern summer of 2019 will go down in history as the summer without sunspots. From June 21st until September 22nd, the sun was blank more than 89% of the time. Not a single significant solar flare was detected during this period of extreme quiet. They tell us that this is a sign that solar minimum is underway and probably near its deepest point. And a hailstone in August has now been confirmed as the largest in Colorado history. Why it's making news just now is because they've just released the story as of Saturday. There was a supercell thunderstorm that struck near Bethune, Colorado, some 150 miles east of Denver on August 13th and it produced some amazingly large hailstones. And one of the largest ones ever was preserved in a freezer by a local family. And I guess the representatives from the National Weather Service finally meandered over there <laughs> to take a measurement. And they measured this hailstone at 4.83 inches in diameter, nearly 5 inches in diameter, a grapefruit-sized hailstone, the biggest in Colorado's history. The thing is wow. huge. I showed a photograph of it. Amazing. Wow, these hailstones seem to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yikes. And uh, there is a drought in Chile. They're calling it an unprecedented drought. The driest southern winter in decades, in six decades actually, has left a, uh, a problem for the people in Chile. Six of the 16 regions in Chile are suffering the effects of this deficit. And it's uh, a, a According to the Ministry of Agriculture, there are about 37,000 farmers who are at risk from this drought. In addition, they tell us nearly 106,000 animals have died due to the lack of water and food in Chile. Oh. Wow, that's, that's awful. And oh. there is a development of a super typhoon going on right now. It's called Super Typhoon Hagibis, and it has explosively strengthened from a tropical storm to a super typhoon strength in less than 24 hours. Latest satellite imagery shows impressive structure on this uh, cyclone, I guess. I started to say hurricane, but they're not called hurricanes in this part of the world. Anyway, they said it has a tight pinhole eye, very tiny eye, which indicates it's a very powerful system. The latest peak wind estimates sustained uh, winds at 241 kilom kil kilometers per hour, kilometers, excuse me. I'll get this in a minute. 241, anyway. They uh, say that's equivalent to a Cat 4. 
just shy of a Cat 5, and they say it's strengthening faster than anticipated. It is approaching the Marianas Islands in the Pacific. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. That's just broke yesterday, uh, late today, so um, don't know what, what the update is on that, but it's going to be a bad one. You know, I've known people that love herbs and they like to forage for wild food. It's kind of a hobby for some people. They, You know, it's kind of cool, but you have to be careful what you pick. And um, now in Australia, they have a problem there. Uh, one of the world's deadliest fungi has been discovered in Australia's far north for the very, very first time. And it is one of the world's deadliest fungi. Uh it is thousands of miles, they've discovered it, thousands of miles away from its native habitat in the mountains of Japan and Korea. It's called the poison fire coral fungus. It was discovered by a group of people looking for uh, mushrooms and stuff. And uh, a local photographer happened along and took a picture of it, fortunately, and it was identified by scientists as one of the most poisonous fungi in the world. And several people have died in Japan and Korea after mistaking this fungi for edible mushrooms. Um, they brewed it into a tea. So what I find interesting about this, and the reason I brought it on tonight's broadcast, is the fact that it has jumped from Japan and Korea to Australia. It's very interesting. These kinds of things are locally, are usually local. They're regionalized. Um, how did it get there? photograph of it on the internet show that it's a bright red or orange, bright orange fungus that grows in columns. doesn't look like a mushroom at all. And um, they say that if it's red and growing in the wild, you should never eat it. Anyway, just passing that along. Uh, we had a moderate quake in San Francisco. It was all over Twitter. Residents of San Francisco and the Bay Area were shaken from their deep sleep uh, by a 3.9 quake that occurred over the weekend. And uh, the Madrid Fault, the New Madrid, I guess I should say, there were five earthquakes in less than an hour that rattled southeast Missouri um, that happened. It started with a 2.6, and a mere three minutes later there was a 1.1, then a 2.7, followed by a 1.8, and then 23 minutes later, they had a magnitude 2.7. All five quakes happened within a 40-minute window, which is reminding us that the new Madrid is very much alive, very much. And parts of Montana, while well, you talk about winter, this is just filling the news when it comes to what's going on across the planet. This is extreme cold that's happening, early snowfalls, excessive snowfall all over the planet. In our neck of the woods, Montana was hit by a winter storm that dumped four feet of snow with drifts of seven feet. And last, since we last had a broadcast, there was eight states and five provinces in North America that were having snow in September. And in Ireland and the U.K., they had a uh, uh, Hurricane Lorenzo, uh, say uh, Category 5, since uh, the last newscast that we had. Uh, so... The weather is crazy. There was a magnitude 6.4 quake that struck off the southern Philippines. It was felt in central Indonesia. And there's uh, a loss of 20 lives after a shallow 6.8 quake hit Indonesia's Maluku Islands. <clears throat> there was a 6.1 quake that rocked southern Chile. 
a 7.2 in central Chile, and 19 people were killed and over 300 injured after a 5.8 quake struck Pakistan. So lots of quakes and lots of bitterly, bitterly cold weather already. The early, the early part of October, the end of September. In our science section, we have learned that Japanese researchers have developed artificial blood for patients of any blood type. But the key is artificial blood. Japanese researchers said they've developed artificial blood that can be transfused into patients regardless of their blood type and can vastly improve the chances for survival of of injured people. The artificial blood was created by a team of scientists primarily from the National Defense Medical College, and it has proved effective in experiments in rabbits. And listen to this. Artificial skin has been developed by a scientist in order to enhance the virtual reality experience. Just think about that for a minute. French scientists have developed an artificial skin that can enhance virtual reality. The skin might have a medical use, helping with patient rehabilitation after a person has suffered from serious burning. Also, this artificial skin is designed to give touch feedback. It's equipped with special sensors made up of soft electrodes and fashioned of a liquid-solid gallium mixture. And it's this thing that enables feedback to be adjusted in real time, providing a near-continuous representation of touch. Not real touch, virtual reality touch. Well, what could go wrong with this idea, you guys? (laughs) Think about this. (laughs) Uh, Physicists are creating lasers. They are bragging would be powerful enough to rip holes in the fabric of reality. Now, sane people generally balk at the idea of scientists experimenting with and manipulating certain pillars of physical reality, whether that be gene splicing, artificial intelligence, or even nuclear fusion. Well, laser scientists and laser physicists have recently announced that they are developing a laser so powerful it can shred all matter, including the very electrons and nuclei that constitute the fabric of reality itself. That has enormous implications. Now, earlier this month, the physics journal called Physical Review Letters published a paper discussing how this new technology could allow a high-velocity laser to rip through the fabric of the universe. Now, what is the purpose, I ask you, of, lo- of using lasers to rip a hole through space-time? Uh, previous laser experiments have thought, uh, have tried to discover virtual pro- uh, particles. They have sought to find extra dimensions and even to discover dark matter. And last year, Chinese scientists used a 100-petawatt laser you know what that is? A hundred petawatt laser? No. Ten thousand times more energy than there is in all the world's electrical grids combined. And they used this laser 
to try and produce electrons out of the quantum ether by separating them from their antimatter twins. Oh, my God. Wow. I mean, you know, these people need, we need to put these people in a rubber room, really. I mean, they need to be tied up and locked away. Yeah. I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah, and then there is, <laughs> you wonder why Mother is, Nature is lashing out. I mean, we absolutely. Mother Nature, please save us. I mean, you, you, you know, we would never dream of giving a five-year-old a loaded weapon and, and, and a bunch of sharpened knives and a case of TNT with some matches and maybe a little gasoline thrown in for good measure and walk away and say, well, if you can do it, see what you can make with it. And yet this is what's happening in our science today. I mean, they're out of control. And for now, we are expected to trust that scientists know what they're doing with the fabric of reality. Well, you know, Albert Einstein says, if we knew what we were doing, we wouldn't have to call it research. So, you know, they are right. experimenting with some really scary stuff. And on the bright side, let's talk about starseed and let's talk about the potential that we have. Albert Einstein said that logic will get you from A to B, but imagination will take you everywhere. And is that not the case? So I say, and you say, I'm sure, let's use our imagination to envision a better world and to turn our thoughts and our psychic and emotional and spiritual energy into reconstructing this world into a beautiful place that once again, or maybe for the first time, actually, really begins to make sense. And so we really are being called upon to counter these forces that are, have run amok and to really apply the light of our souls into the world today because it has never been more needed. You know, I, I came across something uh, the other day, and it was a beautiful spiritual uh, what I want to say, advice. And the advice was was that normal is no more. There is no more normal. So for those of us that wish to pursue pursue our lives in the while we chase normalcy, and a lot of people talk about that, with the politics being what they are today. Let's just return to normalcy. <clears throat> there is no more normal. And we shouldn't expect to have normal lives. And really, this is about the challenge now that faces us to use our spiritual gifts and the power of the imagination of the soul to rise above normal and to create that which is excellent and beautiful and life-sustaining. And this is our challenge right now every day, to not run and hide and try to be normal, but let us become exquisitely exceptional and let us put all of this to the test of what we are truly capable of so that we can and will most definitely make the difference. And now is the time. It's right now, right here, today. So I leave that all with you and your beautiful hearts and hands to all put forth your energy and your beautiful imaginations and the love of your hearts to bring this world into its full potential because really it does hinge upon us we have the task and now is the time 
So from my heart to each one of you, each and every one of you, much love. Have a beautiful, wonderful imagination-filled week where you can begin to create the things that we need to see and to replace what we are now experiencing. Thanks, everybody. I appreciate the opportunity to be with you every week. Thanks, Ariel. We'll talk again next week. Thank you so much, Anastasia. And we definitely have the power through our intent to affect global change. And it's up to us. It's up to us. So thanks so much, Anastasia, and we'll talk to you next week. You bet. Have a good night. Okay. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, so now I'm going to get uh, Lavendar's mic open and our guest, Rachel. Let me come on, scroll button. How come you're not working? Okay, uh, I went too far. There we go. <laughs> All right, I've got it. Uh, got it. All right, uh, can you uh, can you hear me, Lavendar and Rachel? Yes. Lavender here. Okay. Okay, great. All right. I was like, oh, no, don't tell me Blog Talk's having another problem. All right, so we're on go. <laughs> Everything's good. <laughs> All right, Lavendar, take it away. Okay. So, Rachel, we're, we we apologize for what happened last week. It was something that doesn't happen very often with Blog Talk. So thank you for uh, coming on tonight and being our guest. So I wanted you to know that I'm really uh, – interested in knowing more about your your childhood life and when did you first awaken to your um, intuitive abilities um yeah thank you for having me um that's a really good question I'm not sure if there was like one particular instance where I really realized oh wow there's all this stuff going on everything's crazy I'm definitely different um I think it was just kind of like a series of small things and then the small things kept getting bigger if that makes sense um so I would I would see things a little bit um and then the next week I would see things a little bit more or I would hear something a little bit more and um, it was basically like a collection of these events and then I gradually over time realized you know hey I have these gifts and I need to learn how to use them and I think it's it was better for me that way as opposed to you know having this really big experience and being you know shocked and traumatized and oh my god how I deal with this yeah. Okay. So, how did your family relate to your intuitive abilities? Did you have support, or were they uh, not in support of what you were doing? No. Um, so, interestingly, my mother is extremely intuitive, um, but she doesn't use it. Um, and I don't. I actually don't have any connection with my family anymore, and we don't speak. But um, I didn't really share much of my experience with them. Um, but I definitely, you know, got some of what I have from my mother. Okay. So do you have brothers and sisters? Is there more uh, intuitive um, cousins or or family members? No, it was definitely just me and my mom. Okay, okay. So what state are you located in? Where are you? Right now I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, we love Nashville. Have you been to the Parthenon Mm -hmm. to see the statue of Athena? Have you visited that yet? I I really want to go, and I keep um, overbooking my schedule, so hopefully I'll get to go there soon. Quite, it's quite a scene. It's quite a scene. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about your healing work, and how long have you been um, doing sessions with people? 
Uh, yeah, so it's been about five years um, of doing sessions with people, and I've loved it. Um, I do a few different things. Um, so I do crystal healing, and in my sessions, I have people lie down, and we create a relaxing environment, and I sense, you know, what's going on in their energy with my hands, um, and just kind of sense, you know, through their spirit and their aura and their energy what's going on. And I choose crystals that kind of um, correlate to that, you know, what's going on and what their goals are for healing. Um, I'm also an herbalist, and I help women and people who have, like, depression, fibromyalgia, um, different chronic illnesses and things like that. Um, I am a massage therapist as well, not doing as many massages lately because my body has been telling me to slow down. And lastly, I do intuitive readings as well. Um, I think my favorite type of intuitive reading is to um, help people find their gifts and what they like to do, because I know that that was, um, that was really important for me in my life. So tell us a little bit about more about your crystal work. Do you use quartz crystal or amethyst or different, do you use different stones or tell us how you uh, approach the, the gym mineral world? Yeah. Um, so in my sessions with other people, I use all kinds of crystals. Um, like you said, quartz, amethyst, um, carnelian, just kind of everything. It's all over the place. Um, I really believe that um, everyone's an individual, and it's kind of important to get to know the person's energy before choosing a crystal as opposed to, you know, just kind of being like, okay, whatever. The purple stone is supposed to go over here, and the red stone is supposed to go over here. Um, I don't think that we all us individuals need to have like hundreds of crystals to choose from all the time. Um, just like one or two, you know, just for on a regular basis is, is fine. So how did you develop your relationship with crystals and what was that like? Yeah. Um, so over the years I've meditated with them, um, drank with them, into trances with them, used crystal grids and just done all kinds of things to get to know them. Um, each crystal kind of has, has a spirit and an energy and a dominant vibration, kind of like people. Uh, you can kind of think of it as like a personality. So I've definitely um, kind of developed those relationships with the crystals over time so that I can better match crystals to the people who need them. Okay. So what advice do you have for starseeds that are um, interested in, in developing their intuitive abilities or maybe working with crystals? What kind of advice can you give to them? Yeah, um, so I do have a class on my website um, that's, that's perfect for that because it kind of helps you learn how to meditate to connect with your intuition and connect with crystals. It's my Connecting with Crystals um, class. Other than that, um, I think the best advice I can give is to just get started. Um, just, you know, go to a crystal store. If there isn't a local one, just go online and pick one and, you know, meditate with that every day. Have a journal and write down, you know, what happens. You put me here with the crystal in the week that you're working with that crystal. Sometimes people have really big experiences with crystals and sometimes they're just really small and you don't really notice until you kind of look back over the past week and you realize, oh, wow, that whole, that whole situation shifted. Um so if you want to get started with crystals, just just get started, and it doesn't have to be complicated. Um, you don't have to get, you know, like I said, thousands of crystals and make a big grid under the full moon and do all this fancy stuff. You can just, you know, grab a crystal and get started. So um, let, let me be clear about, did you say 
do or don't do it under a full moon. Well, I, I, I'm not sure what you said about the full moon. Oh, <laughs> you don't have to, you know, do anything fancy under the full moon. You do not. Okay, well, I know that new moons start new projects, and full moons are, mm-hmm. is where you end them. So I just wondered if you if you do use the new moon, full moon cycle for any of your ceremonies. I definitely do sometimes, um, but for people who are getting started, I feel like they can be kind of like overwhelmed um, trying to time everything perfectly, and I don't think it's it's completely necessary for people when you know who are getting started. So um, I noticed that you do a lot of shadow work. Can you give us a, a definition of shadow work, and maybe give us a couple of examples of people that you've worked with that uh, you've done the shadow work with? Yeah, of course. Um, so shadow work is really important to me, and I believe it's really important to, you know, star season light workers because our thoughts and beliefs really do play a role in our realities. Um, and instead of just trying to focus on manifestation and what we want all the time, sometimes we need to look at, okay, why are we um, held back? You know, what's preventing this from manifesting? And I think um, a lot of us, especially those of us who have been raised in environments that are not supportive and societies that are not supportive of our gifts, we need to do some healing and clearing work on our beliefs, you know, and baggage that we've gotten from other people. So basically, um, in a nutshell, shadow work is just kind of working on that subconscious level, you know, your thoughts and beliefs and those kind of things that you you kind of run in the background and influence your reality. So a couple of examples, let me think of some. Um, I know one person she, I did a reading for, she was incredibly talented when it came to um, like acting and singing, um, but she was, she was kind of raised in an environment to think um, that she would never be able to sustain herself on the kind of money she would make in that kind of career. Um, and so we kind of worked on some of the beliefs that she had regarding that. And once she worked on that, she was able to move forward in life. Um, so that's one example of kind of how shadow work can help you move forward and clear that baggage and those limiting beliefs. So are you saying that the shadow work is like the, uh, I know that in astrology, you know, we have, you know, like the Sagittarians are opposite of the Geminis, and the Geminis are opposite of the Sagittarians. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Is the polarity of of decision making? Is that is that what you're talking about with the shadow work? When you say shadow, is it something that's not uh, out in front? It's something that's running the person in the background. Is that what you're saying that shadow work is? Yeah, it's definitely things that run in the background, but they influence your reality just as much, if not more, um, than things that you're actually aware of on a conscious level. So I guess uh, some of us uh, in, at the Quest in different places have talked about having filters in our brain. Our brains are like computers, and we have different filters that we run things through before we make decisions. There's one, you know, for peers, one for parents, one for teachers, one for, you know, criticism, all kinds of things that we run through our filters. Is that what you're talking about, the shadow work? Would that be considered the same thing as filters? Yeah, a lot of the time, yeah. Okay. So um, give us more information about your abilities and give us some examples. People like to hear stories that you have been able to to share with 
you know, when you meet star seeds, we're different than other people. We really are. We we have our genetics and our soul records, and and we rise to the occasion uh, on on you know, the environment and things that are important on the planet. So, give us a little bit more information about things that you're able to do, and and, and examples are really good. If you could, you know, think about some of the people that you've helped or people that have been able to support you. Do you have a strong support team? Do you have people around you that, you know, rally around and, and, and help protect your space? Those are the things we'd like to know about you. Okay, that's really interesting. Um, so some of the things I'm able to do, let me think. Um, I think one of the things I do on a regular basis is just kind of wow people with um, what I what I know without them telling me anything. Um, so, for example, I was at an event and I read for um, about a dozen people the other day and they would just sit down and I'd start talking about things um, without really knowing anything beforehand. Um, and kind of like I mentioned before, I work with a lot of women who have like hormonal issues and sleep issues and things like that. And half of the people that sat down, I kind of knew that they were dealing with that before they, before they told me. Um I can just be really spot on when I have, you know, clients on the table when I'm doing a crystal healing session. Um, I'll notice things like physically and mentally um, in their relationships, things that they haven't mentioned before. Um, I'll notice like old injuries and old pains, you know, even if I haven't bothered them for a few years. Um, so that's kind of what other people see about what I do. Um and I think what I enjoy the most is kind of what I mentioned earlier, just the relationship aspect. Um, so being as sensitive as I am, I can have these really wonderful relationships with um, not just crystals, but the natural world in general. So like crystals and plants and everything. Um, and they're just really great teachers of different perspectives and different archetypes within the energy of this reality. Um, so do you have... some? Let me yeah. interrupt you for a moment. I just thought of something I wanted to ask you. So I bet you're really close to the elemental kingdoms and fairies and and um, and and essences of, of that nature. Is that true? Yes. So do you have any any experiences or things that you've seen that that a lot of people would call you crazy for, but you know that you've experienced them? I know that I have. I've, I've witnessed a lot of different fairies and different elemental at different times throughout my life, and I just wondered if, if this is part of your package. Oh, yeah, every day. Um, so I used to spend a lot more time outside a few years ago, but I've been dealing with a, a leg injury, so I've been inside. Um, but some of the things that would happen is I'd go outside. Um, sometimes I do leave offerings to, to various nature spirits when I go outside, um, and one of the times I did that, I hit my head. And, of course, some fairies are mischievous. And so it happens if I hit my head and they started laughing. And, of course, you know, if I tell someone that story, you know, they either think I'm crazy or they believe me. There's there's not much in between. Um, but I go outside and I, I see the fairies. And I don't see them as it's different for everyone. I don't see them as tiny humans with wings. Um, but I do see um, energy, and I, I feel the spirits behind the energy, and I know that they're, they're fairies. Um, so, yeah, that's some of the stuff that happens when I'm outside and inside. Um, I'll just have them ask me for to do various things or to leave different offerings for them outside. Um, 
so yeah, that's some of the stuff that happens with fairies and nature spirits. So ha have you built a, a labyrinth to walk or have you built a ceremony mound or uh, anything like that that you can share with our listeners? Oh, I have not, but I've been wanting to. I've been moving a lot, like every few years, um, and so I haven't really gotten that space for me yet. So do you, in Nashville, do you live in town or do you live out in the country with with a lot of uh, trees and and you know sacred space? Or are you are you stuck in concrete? I'm stuck in concrete right now, which is a big reason why I haven't. Um, and I do I do want to encourage the listeners. You know, if you are stuck in concrete, don't let that hold you back. Um, cause there's, there's always a way, but I'm, I'm about to move again, hopefully closer to the country. And then I'll definitely start, you know, getting back into that stuff again. Okay. So, uh, I noticed that you, uh, had given me some things to, to ask you about. And one of them is astral traveling and lucid dreaming. Let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. Um, so part of what really pushed me to learn about my abilities was my really, really intense um, lucid dreaming and astral travel experiences, and I had no idea what was going on. Um, so that's definitely the thing that I've been working with the longest. Um, I think the most important thing to remember is that if um, you keep getting stuck in sleep paralysis, you keep having nightmares, um, that's something to work on, and that's a sign, you know, that there's some things you need to work on um, and just never be afraid of, you know, the dreams and the experiences you're having. Um, but dreams can be really great, a really great way to learn about yourself and your gifts and have experiences with guides and ancestors and all kinds of things. Um, and that's how, that's how it's been for me. I've even learned, you know, healing things through my dreams. Um, I've had dreams to help me um, with my clients and, and cases that I'm working on. Um, so dreams are definitely a really good thing to get into if you're interested in them. Um, some of my favorite crystals for dreaming and astral travel are blue calcite. And that's a really good one because um, not only does it help you get into that calm kind of out of body mindset, but it also helps you determine and separate your energy from another being's energy. So if you're afraid about protection and shielding and things like that, then blue calcite is a really good choice. Um, and another one, of course, is moldavite because it's um, a storm element crystal and it just kind of stirs up all the energy in the third eye and kind of gets you ready for that OBE, lucid dreaming experience. So do you um, know about uh, taking silica, um, supplements to increase your silica in the body because we have noticed that through the Wi-Fi um, phones and technology that a lot of silica is burned out of our physical bodies and we have to replenish it. So what do you know about this? Do you have other things to tell us about silica and how to add it to your body? Um, I used to take silica for that reason. I don't know more about it than I could add to what you've already said. Um, but definitely, I think it's really important to make sure um, not just the silica, but all, all trace minerals are really important for, for that mental and emotional health so that you can have these kinds of experiences. Okay. Okay. So um, tell us more, anything that you want to share with us, you know, we're open to hear uh adventures that you've had or people that you've met that, that maybe we need to know about or places that you've been? Have you traveled a lot? Have you gone overseas? Have you gone to Mexico or South America or Europe? 
you know, we'd like to know more about about your experiences if you'd like to share them with us. Yeah, of course. Um, so I really like talking about my relationships, kind of like I said, with the natural world, um, because I think that it's it's everyone's birthright to have these relationships. Um, and I think that humans in general feel very disconnected from each other, from themselves, and from the world. And I think that having relationships with nature is just one way to start to repair this just really um, epidemic of, of loneliness and disconnection. So, um, and it doesn't have to be anything fancy. You don't have to do this really big ritual. Just start by, you know, going outside and just, even if you feel silly, just talk to the first plant or the first tree or the first rock that you see outside and start that way. Um, and that's kind of how I started when I was younger because I, I felt the energy behind the plants. I saw it moving around and I didn't really know quite how to deal with it yet, but I just, I went outside and I started doing that. Um, and now I find it very valuable because they're like friends and teachers who help me, you know, not just with my clients, but in my own personal life. Um, so I'm trying to think of specific examples I can share with you right now. Um, but I just know that kind of everything in my life kind of works together. Like you mentioned dreaming earlier, um, I'll have a dream about a particular crystal and I'll learn, you know, a lesson about that crystal and then I'll kind of bring it and ground it into my physical life. Um, one example um, is rose quartz. Um, and everyone says, you know, that's the crystal of love and everything. Um, but really, it's sometimes not. Um, there's parts of love that are uncomfortable. Um, and I think that rose quartz is really good at teaching that in a very practical way. Um I went into a, a trans meditation with Rose Quartz and learned a lot about my own vulnerability and things that I need to share in order to actually feel love and have that in my reality. And I think it's those kinds of, of lessons and experiences with, with crystals and other other aspects of nature that are really valuable to people because they just have so many valuable perspectives to share. So how long have you been working with herbs? Has this been a natural thing that just came to you? Or you've been doing it for a long time? Um, yeah, it's been a few years. And I just, I've always felt drawn to plants. Um, I feel like I had no choice but to end up becoming an herbalist because everything just kind of fell into place. Um, yeah, at first I, I was like, oh, I want to make, I want to make cool lotions and cool cosmetics from plants. And, and then I ended up, you know, getting started doing clinical herbalism um, after a few courses I took, and I really, I really love doing it because plants are so incredibly powerful, and these are the, the medicines and plants that our ancestors worked with, and when used properly, they can help so much. When you're doing a session, have you run across people that are what we call the wounded spiritual warrior, maybe from a past life trauma or maybe in this lifetime? Do you see a lot of post-traumatic stress in, in people? Yeah, for sure, especially now. And people are people don't realize that they're going through it, which kind of, you know, makes it worse. Well, there's what what advice can you give some star seeds if they get overwhelmed and especially sensitive to to, to you know, see what's happening in the world with politics and wars and everything. I'm sure that it it grates on uh, on the nerves at, at many different levels. Is there some advice you can give to the star seeds about this? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely put yourself first um, because you can't pour from an empty cup. If you're feeling depleted and feeling overwhelmed and extremely stressed and, you know, every time you hear news, you just want to cry, you know, that's a sign that it's time to disconnect and nourish yourself. Um, whether that's, you know, kind of you mentioned earlier, the silica, um, other supplements are really great. Um, the supplements are different for, for everyone, but um, adaptogens, so herbs that you take, you know, over a long time to help um, increase your ability to deal with stress are really good. Make sure you're getting all of your vitamins and minerals, all that kind of stuff. Um, that really helps when you're feeling overwhelmed by everything, but basically definitely disconnect when you feel overwhelmed so that you can take care of yourself um, get to know why you're here and what you're here to do, what your gifts are, um, because the more you invest in yourself, the more you can help everyone else. That's very true. That's very true. I, um, I, I would like to, at this time, I pass you over to my co-host, Arielle. She has the switchboard, and would you be willing to talk to some people that maybe have questions or someone that wants to call in and, and ask you, you know, something about you or the crystals or, or readings or anything? Would you be able to talk to people if they call in? Yeah, I'd love to answer some questions. Okay. So, Arielle, are you there? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay. So, um Back to you, Ariel. Thank you so much, Rachel, for being on our show tonight. Thank you. Okay. Well, um, we'll we'll chat for a little bit here, but before we get started, um, if you are already on our switchboard and you have a question or a comment for Rachel, you'll need to press 1 on your keypad so that we know you want to come on the air and ask a question. And if you're listening on the computer, then pick up the phone and dial 917 889-8292, and then once you're in, press 1, and we will get you set to go to ask a question of Rachel. So um, in the meantime, while we're waiting to see if anyone has a question, um, I wanted to get into some more specifics about um, some of the herbs that you, um, that you use that you've had success with in helping people to deal with stress or depression. Are, are you there, Rachel? Can you hear me? Yeah, yes. No, no, me? I can't. I can hear you now, though. <laughs> so okay. um, what okay. are some, some of the specific herbs that you'd recommend to deal with depression or stress? Yeah, um, so kind of like I mentioned earlier, everyone um, responds to stress differently, and everyone needs different supplements, but I can definitely, you know, give some general pointers. Um, okay. So in general, um, a lot of people benefit from adaptogens, um, and some of those are like Tulsi or holy basil. You've probably heard of that. And then there's also milky oats, Avena sativa. Um, and those are just really great for helping the body um, adapt to stress over time. And obviously our world isn't going to get, you know, stress-free overnight. We're probably going to experience, you know, more stress in the upcoming years. So it's definitely a really good thing to invest in and look deeper into. Um, personally, I take um, adaptogens all the time, um, especially since I deal with other people and I'm a healer and I'm around other people's energy. I really need um, to kind of nourish myself and my nervous system. And a lot of these herbs um, just do exactly that. A lot of the um, vitamins and minerals and things that the herbs have kind of like nourish the nervous system on a physical level. 
um, and some of the benefits um, of them. You might feel calm right at the time that you take them, um, but it's really more about that building resistance to stress over time. Um, so again, two of the ones that I recommend most often are milky oats, um, tincture, and holy basil. And do you actually make the tinctures, or do you work with a, um, a different source <clears throat> excuse me, that provides those? Um, both, actually. Um, I work with some – can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. I work with some local vendors, and I make some stuff myself, and I order some stuff online, so it's kind of a, it's kind of a mix. Mm -hmm. So if you were working with someone – and and you were picking up on a particular situation that was out of balance or a system that's out of balance, um, you would then, uh, between using your intuition and your knowledge of herbs, you might recommend something different for one person than you would for another person because it's really, it's customized. I think that's what you're saying because, you know, it's not one size fits all. Yeah, for sure. Herbal medicine definitely isn't one size fits all. Um, it would be much simpler if it was that way, um, but we're just <laughs> all so incredibly different, um, especially, you know, whether it's mental health or women's health or chronic pain, there's hundreds and hundreds of plants for, for pain alone. So you have to, you know, really get dig deeper and have more knowledge of your situation to really pick, you know, the best herb um, for that situation. Yeah, I, I mean, I just um, strongly believe in, you know, a natural approach in, in maintaining balance. Um, do you get into homeopathy at all? Um, I don't know much of homeopathy, um, but I have some friends who, who practice that, and it's really cool. Right. Well, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a, a I don't think, I think they call it a decoction uh, as opposed to a tincture. Um, where you take the essence of the herb and you, you keep reducing it so that it it really gets in at a microcellular kind of level. And um, if if you had, I say you've had someone that was having um, uh, it, difference between emotional stress or physical stress, I mean, you can you can be emotionally really really happy, but if you're if you're you know out you know digging ditches ten hours a day, that's physical stress. So would you recommend um, a different type of approach um, between physical stress or emotional stress? Or again, is that something that you would have to um, customize for each person's different situation? Yeah, um, it's definitely something that needs to be customized for each person's situation. Um, I think in that example, um, you know, person a person going through a lot of physical stress, you know, might need to do more to take care of their physical body. And, you know, a person, you know, vice versa, going through a lot of emotional stress might need to do more, you know, mentally and emotionally. Um, but there's often so many overlaps between those because, you know, being in physical pain and stress, you know, causes that emotional pain and stress. And, you know, um, that emotional, you know, trauma kind of manifests on a physical level. So there's just so many overlaps between the two. Um, but it's definitely something that kind of does need to be personalized for each person. Um, 
but definitely, you know, having a healthy diet and getting those those minerals and vitamins that you need on a daily basis is going to be a really good foundation um, for whatever, you know, supplements you take after that. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, you would you would always recommend organic sources. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, because the the way that our, you know, the soil and everything, all the pollutants that are in the air and, and all of that, um, you know, if you don't have an organic substance to start with, you kind of already started with a, a, a disadvantage because the energy of the plant would be affected by its environment. So if the plant's growing in a, in a very disturbed environment, it's not going to have the same energy, the same benefits as a plant that was raised, um, you know, in a healthy, um, calm type of natural environment. Is that is that a good, uh, uh, a true statement? Yes, that's very true. It's very important to um, take that energy and where the the plant was was grown into consideration. Mm-hmm. So. Um, now I want to talk a, a little bit more about your um, about your your readings, and do you have um, uh, an office or do you work online, or both? Um, I both. Yeah, I do have an office. Um, I mo- I may I mostly use my office um, for crystal healing sessions, and I do most of my intuitive readings online. Yeah, well, I guess that would make sense. It would be hard to, hard to do a, 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 a crystal healing session if the person isn't there physically. Um, but you can, you can tune into them um, regardless of if, they're, if you're doing an, uh, an intuitive reading. They don't need to be in the room with you, correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Now, do you ever work with children? Um. Sometimes I do. Um, there's laws around that, and it depends on what kind of what kind of thing I'm doing. Um, generally, I I work with their parents first, um, and I have them, you know, there the whole time. But sometimes I work with children, yes. And do you do you think that the um, children, um, you know, especially children born um, after 2000, the millennials, do they seem to be um, a more tuned in? Uh, do they have more gifts than um, than previous generations? Um, that's a really good question. Um, I'm not sure that I would say um, that most people being born now have more gifts, but they're definitely more in tune with them. And at the end of the day, that's what's important. Um, I think there were a lot of, you know, gifted people born decades ago, but a lot of them didn't feel... Um, accepted enough to kind of use their gifts um, in society, and that's why we are where we are, where we are now. Um, but I think that people now are definitely a lot more tuned in, that they want to work on their stuff and um, just in- increase their intuition and mix their crystals and do with all this kind of stuff that's really going to help. Well, that's, that, I mean, that's a good point. And certainly um, I know f- from, from our perspective, um, Lavendar's work was – um, done in advance of the generations that started coming in in the 80s and then the 90s. And certainly, I mean, by now, um, a lot of these, um, 
young star seeds that are that are still, you know, like in grade school, they are the children of the generation that kind of kicked off the whole thing. I mean, star seeds have been here forever, but it really started uh, cycling up, increasing as we're moving closer um, into this new age of reason. So certainly, um, the the parents of these millennials, yes, have their gifts as well. But as you said, um, they were not as um, um, accepted or a lot of, because uh, we talked to a lot of people that have similar stories where they got, uh, they, they wanted to be normal. They wanted to fit in. They wanted to be like everybody else, and they felt that their gifts were making them um, kind of freakish so that they shut them all down and then they reach a certain point in their life where they want it back and and I think my, my point was that a lot of the the the, ki- the, the children of these these generations are um, having a little bit of an advantage because their parents would understand more so than than their grandparents understood their parents and it's really hopeful I mean, don't you think that, yeah. that um, I mean, children are um, uh, rejecting the, the, the matrix, and I think that's just a, a wonderful thing. <laughs> and if you were listening, you know, I mean, during the news, um, I mean, I just, I just kept thinking it's Atlantis. It's Atlantis all yeah. over again. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that the code never again Atlantis. We have so many Atlantean um, um, souls that have come back to make sure that we don't, you know, go too far. But some of the things that Anastasia had in the news, I don't know know about you, but I I was just aghast. It's like, why? Why? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, And and I think, and then just preceding that, she was talking about the um, extraordinary weather that's happening, volcanoes and earthquakes and monster hail and flooding and freezing and, and drought and all this going on. It seems to me that, that Mother Nature herself um, is, is rebelling. Uh, and, and, I mean, you're so tuned in to nature. Do you, do you feel that as well? Yeah, that's all very true. Um, I do think that nature is rebelling, but I don't think we need to worry about nature too much. Um, I think that, you know, if we start getting our own practices and things that we're doing on track, um, that it will turn out okay at this point. But yeah, it is really good and really encouraging that a lot of people are kind of, you know, rejecting, especially younger people rejecting what's going on and saying, you know, no, this isn't the reality um, that we want. And that's really important. And part of what I want to do is kind of create that that safe space and supportive um, society so that these people can use their gifts so that we can start getting on track. Yeah, absolutely, and I agree with you. Mother, ne- Mother Nature does not need to be saved; she will save herself. Yeah, and um, yeah, and she'll always win, no matter what. She'll always win. So yeah, I mean, Earth doesn't need us; we need her, and we need to be respectful, 
and and live in greater harmony. And is um, I, I see on I mean you have a lot of um, uh, downloads and and resources and um, classes and meditations videos um, dealing with all kinds of um, things that will help people heal their 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 wounds and return to that balance with Mother Nature. So you you do have, you have downloadable classes um, like well, you're you're connecting with crystals. Is that a class that you have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of my um, one of my downloadable classes. Um, I mentioned that earlier, and that's you know really good for anyone who um, wants to learn how to connect with crystals, how to use crystals. Um, but there's also some guided meditations included in that class, and it also goes over how to meditate and some stuff about dreaming and basically some um, some basic intuitive work and how to get started with all of that. So do you see yourself as as kind of a bridge for people that are wanting to kind of break out of the uh, the illusion and uh, and and start on this journey? Do you have um I mean do you have people that are that you would consider like really advanced that still um that need some of the resources that you have? Um, I would say so far I've had a few people who are, you know, absolutely beginners, um, but most of the people who I see have some idea of what's going on. So I would say about intermediate to advanced is those are most of the people who come see me and download my classes and get and get readings from me. Um, so there is useful information um, in my my books and my classes for people who are intermediate, advanced, beginner, um, but I haven't had too many people who are extreme beginners because, you know, my website is kind of kind of woo-woo and out there, so they might, you know, get a little bit turned off by that, um, but yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, and, and as soon as someone um, judges, whether it's a website, a person, a book, a TV show, as soon as you judge it, um, then the person expressing judgment is kind of stopped they can't go any farther until they get over that <laughs> because it, yeah. it doesn't serve it does not serve um, um so yeah uh, and, and if people would have judgment because your your website's kind of woo woo i mean our website's really woo woo <laughs> but that that is actually attracting a lot of people because i think that even though that term is kind of meant to be derogatory um it's normal that scares me. <laughs> it's like, no, no, yes. no. You know, the the automatons that are you know sitting in traffic for an hour and a half, uh, twice a day, going to a job that has no meaning, uh, but the money's okay. Um, that's that's what would would petrify me. <laughs> it's like, no, no. Um, you've got to you got to break out of that because the 3D is is that's no fun. It is no fun at all. And what is your what is your uh, what is your um, impression of the difference between 3D and 5D? Um, so one thing is that things down here feel very slow to me. Um, when you're working on something, it's hard to tell how soon it's going to get to you or what's what's really going on behind the scenes. Um, to me, 5D things are a bit more transparent and a bit faster. Um, so when you're working on things, <clears throat> you can kind of see the results 
after. Um, even if they aren't physically manifested, you'll just kind of see things falling into place so you know um, that you took the right steps, if that makes sense. Um, Absolutely. a lot easier to connect, you know, with spirit, um, whether that's um, I like actually talking to spirits or, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> lucid dreaming, astral travel, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, basically, a lot of spirituality and all of our light worker gifts become a lot more easier when we aren't all way down, you know, by the 3D here. Well, yeah, I think it's it's like the difference between trying to run um, in in mud <laughs> and being able to kind of float just above the ground. Uh, it's there's a lot less resistance in 5D, and yeah, the, the turnaround time between thought and manifestation is a world of difference it's so much faster um and and i think a lot of people are experiencing that um as well um and in synchronicity do you have a lot of synchronicity in your life i do that's actually been a really big theme the past couple of months for me um i'll think about something and then i'll, I'll open the computer open my email and i'll have received you know a message about that thing um so that's been a really big um, a really big thing for me, um, and that's usually when that happens. It's a it's a sign that you need to pay more attention, and you know you need to pay attention to what you're manifesting, and that good things are on the way. All right. Well, as Lavender always says, uh, synchronicity is confirmation that you are in the flow, you're on the right track, and um, and when the synchronicity stops, that's when I start wondering, you know, did I make a wrong turn someplace? So, yeah, that is, uh, and that's something that a lot of star seeds. do you see the same numbers a lot? Yes, I've been seeing the same numbers for a few years now, actually. Um, so I see, I do see 11, 11 sometimes, but I, I usually see a lot of fours. Um, so I'll see like 1144, I'll see 444, I'll see 44, um, and stuff like that. And I'll see it just so many times in one day. I'm like, okay, I get it, stop. <laughs> but but yeah, I definitely do see a lot of the same numbers. Or, you know, I'll start to make an important phone call and I'll notice it's 4.44 p.m. Um, and things like that. So I definitely do see those those numbers. And what does that represent to you? Besides the um, fact that you're in the flow, but, I mean, specifically, um, I mean, I would, I would know what, what it would mean to me, but it might be different for you. Yeah, so for me... Um, so I think it's important to note what you're thinking about and what you're doing when you do see the numbers. Um, and for me, lately, I've been working on my business a lot. Um, so I've been trying to find ways to offer, like, physical healing and other types of healing to people who usually don't have the money for it, you know, in my local area and things like that. Um, so I'll be working on those types of things, and it will be difficult um, but I'll see 444, and I'll know that that's, you know, my find that I need to keep going, that I'm on the right track. Right. Yeah, and I think that, you know, I think that number synchronicity is sometimes, I mean, for a lot of people, um, especially that, that I've been working with, um, it was a door opener until it, it became so, um, like, oh, not again, again. Again, and you see, you know, for some people it's 11-11. Other people might see the, the 22 or the 44 uh, or, you know, 88. It's usually a, a double a double number. And, 
and it and the, the the sheer repetition makes them start to do some investigating and sometimes that can open the door to the whole you know metaphysical um, world the whole you know the door for 5d and in, in in that seeking in that searching so uh, yeah I was just just wondering because it I mean I don't know if I've ever talked to a star seed that did not have that happen at some time and it may it may come and go um, especially when you're you know uh, you're, you're on a level for a while and and you're working on that level and then it starts happening again and it's kind of a precursor to getting to that next level so well, that's pretty cool so your website is intuitiveharmonymedicine.com and we really encourage our listeners to visit the website and uh, check out all the resources that Rachel has offered to help you along your path. And um, it's been a pleasure to have you with us, and I certainly appreciate your being able to come back this week after the you know fiasco um, last week. Um, you know, because nobody nobody could get in. Blog talk was just crashed on the ground. So we really appreciate your being able to come back and join us this week. Thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed it so much. Well, it's been our pleasure, and keep up the good work, Rachel. And um, and we might even see you in Arkansas one day. That Hopefully you know, because so. we go, yeah, we go and 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 dig our own crystals right out of the ground as part of the quest. So maybe we'll see you there someday. I hope so, one day soon. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And um, once again, it is intuitiveharmonymedicine.com. And uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. And also, um, we'll be back next week with another guest. And until then, everyone, make a conscious effort to show compassion and show kindness and be grateful every day for all the things that we have because that is the door to 5D. So until next week, everyone, good night. been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. 